1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 to 6, reading, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live on the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles, when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you, who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. For, for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. May God bless the reading of his word. Now let us all bow our heads and turn to God in prayer. Let us all pray. Our Father in heaven, we come giving you thanks for safe journeys to thy house. We thank you for another night to study your word. And we pray once again for your mercies to cleanse us and wash us of all our sins in the precious blood of our Saviour. And Father, tonight we pray that you would speak to us through your holy scriptures. Help us to know how we ought to live our lives on earth when we are saved, after we are saved by your grace. So grant to us understanding, help to grant to us obedience to your word to live as strangers and pilgrims in this world. We ask that you feed your sheep in thy house tonight. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, so tonight we want to go into detail about this passage. Last Friday we saw the reminder that God will judge. Why? Why must God judge us? Because we are all sinners. All men have sinned, the Bible tells us. And God graciously tells us that we are sinners. And now, He also tells us that the gospel is preached to us, meaning to say, well, where's the gospel? The good news. God tells us the good news that through Jesus Christ, His Son, we can have eternal life. So we must turn to Jesus Christ, God Himself, and ask Him to forgive us of our sins, wash away our sins, and save us. Otherwise, well, all of us will meet Him either as, he, as our judge or as our saviour. Alright, so that was last week. Now this week we want to speak to the believers, alright, the Christians. Now this passage was more specifically written to Christians. Remember, this passage is about Christian suffering, alright. The Christians were suffering under the persecution of Emperor Nero at that time. And Peter writes to them to encourage them. And also to remind them how the Christian should live, alright? So please remember what we are studying. And we are always also uh, needing to remember the context. Peter is talking to the believers as Enoch, as what? S and P. S stands for? Strangers and P. Pilgrims, alright? So writing to the Christians, reminding us that we are strangers and pilgrims on earth. Our life on earth is temporary. This world is not our home. Now with all that context, now we come to this passage, alright? So that is the context. Now, we continue in verse 3, alright? The last time, well, last month, we stopped at verse 2. Now, verse 3. 
For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles, when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, banquetings, excess of wine, revelings, bank, uh, sorry, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries. Now here, Peter begins to bring the strangers and pilgrims' mind to the past, our past life, our past life. Look at verse 2. Now, verse 2 tells us we should not live the rest of our time as believers on earth to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Now, what is the will of God? The will of God here is that we don't live according to what, how we used to live before we were saved. So when Christians say, what is the will of God? Well, this is obvious. Here, it obviously tells us not live like we used to in the past. In fact, the title of tonight's message is... Um, Living, oh, I thought I changed it. Uh, what's the title on your paper? I may have. Is the past still present? Is your past still present? All right. Is your past still present? So that is the question. The Christian must ask. Now, am I still living? Look at verse two. The rest of my time on earth, have I been living to the lust of men? Now, what are some of these lusts? Look at verse three. Verse 3 gives us a list of things that we used to live in before we were saved. But I want to note, for us to note first, verse 3, For in the time past, our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. So either the will of God or the will of the Gentile. Remember that. Alright? So after we are saved, we are to live according to the will of God. But the Gentiles, now here Gentiles... Um, Peter refers to the, those who reject Jesus Christ as their Savior, as their God. Right? So they are the unbelievers. They do not believe in the gospel. And they have their will also, how they want to live. So that is the will of the Gentile. And look at verse 3. The past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. Now what is this reminder? Christian, God tells us before we were saved, when he says, suffice us to, wrought, to have wrought the will of the Gentiles, suffice us means we were, we were happy. All right? What makes us sufficient? What makes us happy? What makes us um, um, contented? What we look for, what we desire is, are these sinful things. So may suffice us means the Christian, before you are saved, God says, now these are the things that you look for. You don't have them, well, you're not happy until you get them, alright? So, now we have to ask ourselves, are these past um, ways of living still in us? Now, let us then say, what are these, alright? What are these things? Now, first and foremost, he begins with lasciviousness. Look at verse 3, lasciviousness. Now, what do you think is lasciviousness? Maybe I start with over here. Uh, CP, what do you think is lasciviousness? Because God says that is our past life. Is it present in us? What is lasciviousness? What do you think it is? Essentially, adultery is a lasting after um, someone. Okay, so essentially adultery, yes. Um, it typically refers to, alright, one of the things it refers to is all the uncleanness, the, the filthiness of the flesh, alright, things that are um, like adulteries, alright, fornication. Um, well, today, pornography, this kind of sexual sins, right? Especially one of the things about lasciviousness refers to that kind of things. Well, maybe in school. Actually, does it happen in school? Maybe ask the boys. Uh, Caleb, are some of these things in school among your friends? 
don't know. All right, Cornelius. Maybe, don't know what it is. Enoch. Don't know, all right? So you have good friends, um, rel relatively speaking. Well, um, some of the people, they will bring some uh, magazines, right, of naked people, all right, to school and show people around and uh, videos and all that, pass videos around. Now, these are examples, all right, very common in school today. So um, maybe not among your circle of friends, uh, not so common. What about dirty jokes, all right? Dirty jokes, sexual jokes, uh, very common as well. Now, these are examples, okay? So, lasciviousness. But, well, let us talk about the bigger, broader um, description of the sin of First Peter chapter 4, right? First Peter chapter 4, verse 3, lasciviousness. Now, it is talking about um, a shameless lust, all right? Not just lust, but these are very shameless, open, okay? Um, and it is uncontrolled. They don't bother to control it. So it's not like, well, some things, well, we may, we may have lust, but we don't talk about this. No, lasciviousness, this open display, all right, promoted. So it's a bit different from just oh, secret lust. And usually it has to do with immorality and violence. All right, so not just immorality, not just sexual immorality, but also things that are just violent, all right, against people. Just uncontrolled violence. So lasciviousness is broader than just um, the sexual aspect. But when it comes to some of this sexual aspect, it talks about lewdness, L-E-W-D, lewdness, all right, without shame. Now, some of this um, description is there is no sense of public decency. You don't care about public decency, no sense of public decency. Hmm? Um, these are lasciviousness. Now, can you think of some of these things today? Um, no sense of public decency. All right, maybe I come back here, Kitlin. Very revealing clothes. All right, public indecency. But remember, lasciviousness. There is no shame. Remember, it's shamelessness. So it's just. In fact, they promote um, indecency the way they dress. Now, recently. Um, there is this trend, and usually it's so. Who are the trendsetters when it comes to dressing? Who do you think, Hazel? People of the world. Hollywood stars, all right? Hollywood stars, pop stars, and so on. Well, you know, many of the pop stars, um, they dress very indecently, prancing around the stage. So is this kind of things, lasciviousness. And also Hollywood stars, now they promote very indecent form of dressing. Right? And they say, well, this is, the, this is the fashion now. So these are examples of them. Now, it also talks about, um, well, it's basically this. Let your hair down. You know, let your hair down. All of you didn't tie your hair. <laughs> now, let your hair down, meaning, um, meaning to say, not tying up your hair, but just, just don't care, all right? Just, just let yourself go. Um, be what you want to be, even if it's indecent. So that is what it means, okay? So this is less seriousness. So very often is all this. Now this, we live, as I mentioned last Friday, in a society that is very obsessed, obsessed with sex today. Right? Maybe the younger ones, you're not exposed to that yet. But you must remember, God says, this is the will of the Gentile. Now please look at verse 3. It says, the will of the Gentiles. That is how it is. There is no holiness, in other words, all right? God is holy, Christians must be holy. But 
the unbelievers today they don't understand why there needs to be holiness so they promote such a such a um, lifestyle all right so we must understand that well that is used that used to be us maybe secretly in you all right in the past now now we have to ask is this still in us because god says we have to put aside these things then you have to ask yourself am i still in these things is there a change in me hmm? so if you still well want to um, have all this kind of lasciviousness in your life then you have to repent change and say god says this is now how not how the believer should live now one of the things that i think is often a challenge for christian is really dressing dressing all right today if you dress normally conservatively um, um, you're often ridiculed all right and they say why are you like that um, so now there's a temptation for the believer to feel that you well need to be like them all right so god says well that is the will of the gentile that is our verse 3 our past life our past life god says that he is holy look at chapter 1 chapter 1 verse 15 all right chapter 1 verse 15 and 16 shall we read uh, sorry let's read from verses 14 to 16 together verses 14 to 16 reading as obedient children not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance but as he which hath called you is holy so be ye holy in all manner of conversation because it is written be ye holy for i am holy so here god says now that we were ignorant god said this is the will of the gentile these are unholy behaviors we were ignorant so god says don't be ignorant anymore so the christians should be conscious of that all right now the last thing i want to say about this is it is so common to dress indecently today that the christian standard may also drop you may not even realize certain things are indecent anymore all right so you need to be conscious be conscious so that is one now another thing is this before we move on from lasciviousness what do you think is also very common among even teenagers well definitely very common today i think in maybe even high school students but surely quite common in university all right the relationship between boys and girls what do you think it is like all right so i move on right? eating you know try maybe you think of well how do your friends live as young persons when they are boyfriend and girlfriends when it comes to lasciviousness want to try no to try all right i can move to the right what about nicole what is one of the common problems today oh sorry the nicole in front i was just going around here right so this is the other nicole <laughs> maybe yeah nicole yes yes itching is smiling but she doesn't want to say <laughs> what do you think it is Say again. One night stand. One night stand. All right. All right. So we are very excited people. Nicole, you wanted to say something as well. That was what you were thinking as well. All right. Yes. One night stand. All right. The young ones here don't know what is one night stand. All right. What? Where is that stand? What stand are you talking about? Now it's talking about just, just, just sleep together. All right. Have sex. Sleep together. Nothing wrong. You don't have to be married. Uh, that is what it is today well it's just tonight all right that is all tomorrow like nothing
thing. And then we move on, sleep with someone else another night. Well, today that is how the world lives. It's so common. Right? So maybe some of the young ones, you're not, you're, you look at me, it's like, what is this about? But as you grow up, you will be exposed to all this. Very, very common today. Now today, even um, they, they make movies out of this. Movies. I read the review. It's something called um, Friends with Privileges, something like that. Friends with Privileges. You know, God created sex um, between two persons for marriage, all right? For marriage, in marriage. But friends with privileges means this. We are just, as long as we are friends, if we want to sleep together, that's fine. I give you the privilege and you give me the privilege. That's all. We are friends. You don't need to be husband and wives to sleep together. We sleep together means that not, not like, you know, um, go camping, right? We are talking about. They have, they commit fornication together. So friends with privilege is today almost normal, almost normal. Now, I've spoken to Christians um, who come through our church and I say, oh, um, you have a girlfriend, a boyfriend. And then they say, yeah. And then they, they go on holidays together. They stay in the same hotel room together and they have pre-marital sex. They kiss and all that. And I say, well, you know, God says this lascivious lifestyle of the past should no longer be in your lifestyle today. But they cannot accept it, all right? Some of them will say, well, I must sleep with someone, otherwise how do I know whether we are compatible in marriage? Now this thinking, God says, has crept even into the Christians today. It's very common, all right? So happening even within Christians who are, in, who are dating, who are in courtship. They don't even realize it's something that God says, look at verse 3, the past, um, for the time past of our life, and this, the will of the Gentile, the lascivious, lascivious lifestyle is the lifestyle of the unbelievers. They do not know better. But the Christian must know better. Maybe you do not know, then you must know now. Alright? So, please remember that. So, premarital sex is something that God classifies as lascivious lifestyle of the unbelievers that should no longer be in your thinking. Although all your friends do it in school. Very common. Or maybe even your Christian friends. Alright? So God says these are the old lifestyle. No more. Alright? It should be, it should be keep, you should keep yourself for your future husband and wife. That is what God designed it for. Alright? So lasciviousness, be very careful of that. When you grow up, if it's God's will, you enter into courtship, you must know this is something that you must guard. Guard against. Alright? Now if the boy, if the boy tries to make a physical move on you. What should you do? Well, show the passage and say, this is against God's word. We should not have this kind of lifestyle. And if it continues, then you make sure you say, this is the end of the relationship. Well, sometimes it can be the other way around as well, right? Um, it is the end, um, unless you um, accept God's way of living. Okay, so be careful of that. It's very common, premarital sex in Christian um, among Christians in churches, sometimes you hear, very sadly, um, they get pregnant, all right? Teenagers, young people, um, outside marriage. And this is what happens when we don't take heed to God's word. All right, so lasciviousness, something we need to be careful of. But I think the common one is dirty jokes in school, all right? And, and, and all that, be careful. Now, next one, lust. Look at chapter, chapter 4, verse 3. First Peter chapter 4, 
Verse 3 now, then God moves to the word lust. Now, what are lust? What are lust? So lasciviousness, very... Wait, before I forget, another lasciviousness, because lasciviousness has to do with violence as well, right? Just uncontrolled, uncontrolled, um, shameless behavior of the flesh. What is something very common today? Maybe the younger ones don't know, so I stay over here. Um, the girls probably won't know. A very, com a very popular spot, alright? So Jemima, you want to try? Very popular spot re regarding shameless violence. Say again? Boxing, alright? Alright, boxing, yes, one of it, still quite popular today. But it's progressed beyond boxing. Alright, boxing, you only can use your, hand, uh, your, your hands, alright? Uh, next one. Don't know, don't know is good actually. No? Alright, say again. Mixed martial arts. Yeah, mixed martial arts, alright. JB, is that what you're going to say? You don't know, alright. Well, it's very common one is UFC, I think. You, what does UFC stand yeah. yeah, What does UFC stand for? I don't know. Alright, ultimate fighting championship. The ultimate fighting championship. Very violent, alright? Very violent. Alright, so Jemima boxing is violent. But this is worse because it's you, there is no holes bar. You can use any part of your body to beat up the person. And I went to look at what is UFC. When I was saying, well, about shameless violence. Shameless violence. When, the, when their opponent is beaten and the opponent falls on the floor, this person will keep beating and beating and kicking the person still. All right? It's shameless. And the referee has to try and hold them. There is no shame. No shame. Right? Boxing is still quite gentlemanly, right? The person is down, then you walk away. Right? But, or you even sometimes they try and help the person out. Very gentlemanly in that sense. Now, I'm not saying that boxing is good. It's not a gentleman's sport. But it's very violent today. It's that kind of violence. Now, transport it to public now. Have you been following the news recently? Young people in public fighting very violently. Just beating up someone senselessly and the boy is on the floor and they're kicking and kicking the person senseless, shameless violence. And it's so shameless that after that, they post it on their, their, their social media. Now, this is what God is saying. The, sh the lasciviousness, shameless, uncontrolled um, um, lust of men. So, is it there today? Now, if you're someone who loves to watch these kind of things, then you have to know that is the past unbelievers' um, heart. Today, these things must not be in me anymore. You must realize. Now, that is why P Peter is saying it. For the look at verse 3. For the time past, um, our life may suffice us to, rot to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. Now, and then he says in verse 2, now we must do the will of God. So the Christian who's, who did not realize this lasciviousness of the flesh, of violence and all that, thing is very nice and you watch these kind of movies, then you say, well, that is my old life. I just realized from the Bible, God says, be holy. These are unholy things. I need to remove it from my life. Alright? Now, the next one, lust. What are lust? Now, lust are longings and cravings of forbidden things. Lust. Longings and cravings of what God forbids, forbidden things. Alright? Well, yes, it, it could include fornication and that kind of thing. But now, last, this is now more general. More general. Things that, um, that your heart long and yearn and lusts after. You want it so much in your life. 
You want it so much in your life. And you begin to realize, well, some of it uh, has become idols. We study idols afterwards. Then God says, now it has become an idol, but you keep lusting after it. Okay, so some of this. Then was God says, our old lifestyle. Our old lifestyle. We have all this lust in us. The world lives like that. The world lives for lust. Now, can you think of some of this lust? We just want and we yearn. We like it so much and we want it so much. Some of the lust. Alright, so I move on um, to Janelle. Examples of lust before Christians were saved or you see among the, Gentile, the unbelievers today. What kind of lust? Luxurious lifestyle. Is luxurious lifestyle wrong? It is wrong. So, you must live like a monk. Sleep on the floor. Is luxurious lifestyle always wrong? No. Because you have to realize, huh? you see, you have a nice t-shirt, right? You're wearing, well, um, not torn jeans. Well, today, torn jeans is a fashion, right? It's not because people cannot afford it. All right? Then you, well, you have your own Bible. You have a pen. Wow, you have a pen. Now, to some people from some countries, all right, you are living a luxurious lifestyle, right? You are luxurious. You, are li- you have luxury. To them, well, they, they really have to live um, uh, uh, very, very um, poorly because that's all they can afford. All right? So, try again. Alright, next, maybe ask JP. Uh, jealousy and greed. Jealousy and greed. You lust, you lust after something that someone has and it becomes jealousy and greed. Okay. Now back to this luxury. Now, so um, what Janelle bring up is a good example. Now the remember it is a craving and a yearning for. Remember? It's a craving and yearning for. So having good things does not necessarily mean it is evil and sinful. But the problem is when you lust after them. You lust after them. Because sometimes God may, um, for example, um, King David. All right? And in the New Testament, God mentions some rich people. All right? Rich Christians. Does it mean that they, they live in a nice house, a bigger house than others? Then it's sinful? No. It's talking about lust. So God does. If, God, if it is God's will, He may bless you with with possessions, alright? But it's the lusting after the possessions that is a problem. So I, I, I know what Janelle meant. Now when you lust after luxury, luxury goods, for example, right? So Janelle, I think you're talking about that. Lusting about luxury goods. I must have, well, my pen, what pen are you using? Pilot. What pen is it? Just some random. Some random, <laughs> random, random pen, right? Then for students, you lust after where? What pens? What are, do you lust after pens? I don't know, maybe some, ex- some, no, you don't know what it is. Some expensive, Mon, Mon, all right. I also know Mont Blanc. They like, what, it's a Blanc to me, a Blanc to me. I don't know what it is, right? All right, so expensive brands, lusting after those things, all right? All right, so it's lusting that's the problem. Now, I have a drawer full of Mont Blanc pen because my company keep giving it to us, all right? So I don't last after them, it's all in my drawer. Let me see what pen I use. From India. <laughs> the best. It's a pen. It's a pen. But lust means you, well, a pen is not good enough. It must be very branded, very expensive. Then you like to flash it kind of thing, right? So that is the problem. Now, luxury in itself may not be the sinful problem. It's lust. Now, so young people, you have some lust. What it is, I don't know. Maybe violence. You, you play some instrument, all right? Uh, 
a $50, $100 instrument is not enough. It must be a $5,000 instrument. Then it becomes a lust, a lust. So understand. So God says that the, our lifestyle in the past, what we desire, we lust after all these things. So one example that you brought up, branded things, all right? This is very, very common today. Now we have to ask, well, that was our old lifestyle. Is it like that today? You may have some of these things. Well, because someone gave it to you and that's it. Or you bought it because it's, it's something that will last. But it is not about lasting to show off, for example, right? Lust. So we have to ask, am I still having that kind of lust? So yes, um, um, branded stuff. Um, now what else? Well, students could be your handphone, gadgets, right? Gadgets. Gadgets. You lust after. You see someone has, have the new latest one, you say, I want to have that, I want to have that. Every time you say, wow, you know, you lust after that. Well, I think another common thing with students are, is it here? In America, it's very so. Track shoes. Track shoes. Hmm? Yes, here as well. Really? Wow. What's the, what's the lust for track shoe today? What brand? I don't know. That's a good thing. You don't know. It means you don't care. I don't care, right? Whatever daddy and mommy buys, I wear. Alright, so yes, so very, very obsessed with something. That is what it is. Um, well, all of you start to hide your shoes now. <laughs> now, um, it, well, for example, like ladies, your friends, what do they last after, for example? Well, I'll go to the guys now. Alright, stay with the guys. Josiah. Their old life, and then today we find that, oh, I better be careful of that. It's the will of the Gentile. Example, lust. Things. Cars, right? Fast cars, right? We want fast cars. <laughs> Josiah's like, I just learned to drive. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. Right? It will come. You know, fast cars, expensive cars to show off. Lust, right? A car is a car. It helps you to get point A to point B safely. Important. Yeah. Maybe try Joshua. Lust. No, men. Men. <laughs> men. If you know about ladies, you can bring it up. Handbags, alright. So you want to point out, lady, handbags. Handbags, alright. Well, we must carry the Woolworth green one, alright. Remember, <laughs> only the Woolworth green ones. Alright, must look very well worn as well. Alright, so what he means is, yes, the last of branded handbags. Alright, so there's nothing wrong with having a handbag, but it's the last, the yearning. I must have this particular one, this particular model, this particular brand, and they come. Now, that is the will of the Gentile, that is their will. They, they live for that, right? So the Christian must know, if you used to be one of them, then God says, that was your old lifestyle, when it sufficed you to have wrought the will of the Gentile. That is what your heart yearns after. Yes, Nico. Can you last over music? Can you last over music? You can last over music as well, right? So we were also thinking, well, coming to that. Well, it can be last, well, maybe you are a musician, all right? Is playing music, a musical instrument wrong? No. Right? Is um, having an interest in music? No. But the difference is lust. Lust means I, I want to do that. That is something that I want in life. And I'm willing to give up my, my faith, my Christian walk with God. And that is what I want in my life. Alright? So that's the difference. Alright? That's why later he will also talk about idolatries. Alright? So you're lusting after these things. So even good things, you can actually lust after them. Remember that. Alright? Um, uh, yes. Yeah, so, Nicole, did I answer your question? 
Yes, alright? So yes, ladies' handbags, for example. So now this, uh, but point is this, this used to be what you used to love. And if it's still in you, God says, now you must do the will of God. Look at these things very differently. Remember that. Look at them differently. What about men? Uh, guys? Uh, next. Fame, popularity, yes, that kind of things. Well, that can also fall under idolatry. Yet, lasting after popularity can be common as well. So, these are some examples. Well, jewelry, all right. Men also love jewelry, kind of thing. Um, a very thick gold chain and, and all that. So, yeah, some of these are lust, all right. So, be careful of that. So, God says, no longer should be part of your lifestyle. If you have it, you have it, all right. Don't lust. Now, next one excess of wine. Um, excess of wine. Now, what is excess of wine? Now, this is where um, some of you um, um, need to, well, if you have a question. Now, many Christians in this world, um, so it's not just us, many Christians in this world believe that the Bible teaches total abstinence. Alright, means Christians totally abstain from alcoholic beverages. So it's common among Christians, then there is a group of, then another group of Christians believe that it's okay to drink alcoholic drinks as long as you do not get drunk, alright? So there are two, two polarizing group of beliefs among Christians in this world, alright? We believe um, in total abstinence. Now I'll explain, and please watch the video, alright? It is on our YouTube channel, I cover it in great depth. Why we believe, like many, many Christians in the world, um, believe in total abstinence. Okay, now here, so, so people interpret this excess of wine. They say, you see, the Bible says, as long as you drink wine, not in excess. Excess means too much. Then it's okay. Alright, so it says, yeah, the Bible says not excess. Wine is okay, just not excess. Now, what is this word excess? Alright, what is this word excess? Now, this word actually um, refers to the Greek word itself. So excess of wine, why is translated of excess of wine? Because it's made up of two Greek words put together. One word is obviously wine. Now the other talks about um, bubbling. Bubbling. Alright? Um, so that's why the, the translators well, they will use the word excess. Bubbling. Now, and in fact the word is used to describe foolishness. Foolishness. You know, bubbling with foolishness means a person is just um, full of foolishness, okay? So, this word simply means this. In fact, it describes the unbelievers. Remember, God is talking about the lifestyle of the unbelievers. Unbelievers are, of, are always bubbling with lust. Unbelievers are full of lust, alright? So, now when you put this word in Greek together, excess of wine, it simply means this, the foolishness of wine. The foolish lifestyle of the unbelievers who is interested in wine. The foolishness of wine is the meaning of this word. So this word excess is not, is not just, just um, have too much. Now I prove to you that this is what the Bible is saying because you look very simply. Now look at verse 3. Excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, abominable idolatries. Abominable idolatries. Now, Christian, are all idolatries wrong? Answer is very simple. 
Idolatry is idolatry. Now, when you read this, then if you say excess of wine means not too much wine, then abominable idolatries, then Peter is saying that certain idolatries are fine. Just don't have the abominable ones. It cannot be, right? Abominable idolatries, simply, Peter is saying, now, idolatries, all idolatries are abominable to God. Now, in fact, the word abominable here, the Greek word means unlawful. Unlawful. Means, now, all idolatries is against God's law, correct? The Ten Commandments. And therefore, idolatries are unlawful. Just like, now, if you look at the next one, look at verse 4. Now it says, wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot, spitting evil of you. Now, if you think that excess simply means, well, too much, then you have also have to read verse 4 as, well, run not with them to the, excess, the same excess of riot. Then Peter is saying, well, you can, you can riot with them. All right, you can riot with them, just don't be excessive in your rioting. Do you understand what Peter is saying? When he said excess of riot, he simply means all, all rioting. All rioting are behaviours of the unbelievers. The Christians should not have this in your life. That is all. Otherwise, you will say, well, excess of wine means not too much wine. Then abominable idolatries means only idolatries that are abominable, abominable we don't have. Then excess of wine, riot means as long I can go and riot with them, just don't kill someone. Beat them up is okay. Alright? So as long as it is wine, God says it is foolish. As long as it is idolatry, God says it is unlawful. As long as it is rioting, God says it is not to be participated in at all. That is what it means. Now, so this word excess of wine means not, does not mean too much wine. Then we have okay kind of idolatry, okay kind of rioting. No such thing, right? So Paul is this. Sorry, Peter is describing the unbeliever's life, the unbeliever's life with an adjective to it. You know, adjective, right? Adjective describes something, right? Adjective. So that is what it is. Well, for those of you who may hear it for the first time, um, the Bible uses the word wine in Hebrew and Greek language. You cannot just read the English language, right? Hebrew and Greek language. The word for wine in Hebrew is many words, all right? almost 10 different words for Hebrew for wine. All right? Greek, you also have a few different words. But in English, there is only one translation. It says wine. So wine in the Bible, by and large, refers to juices. Now, if you go back to dictionaries, you just look at dictionaries, the old dictionaries, before the modern dictionaries, wine in the definition of dictionaries, the English dictionary, is also described as juices. It is only when the language is so, we commonly use wine only for alcoholic beverages, then dictionaries begin to just simply put dictionaries as alcoholic beverages because it's the most common use of wine today. Alright, understand that. So wine, when the King James translator translated as wine, don't say, why did they translate as wine? Because the dictionaries in those days in English, wine, it also refers to juices. Please know that. Alright, so go, go watch um, the video, watch our teens q and I show you the website of dictionaries that say wine in those days, that is juices, that's all. So the Bible, when the Bible says drink wine, then you know that those wine refers to juices, juices. 
When the Bible says, do not drink wine, then you know those words refer to alcoholic beverages. Otherwise, the Bible is conflicting itself. One part of the Bible says, drink wine, bring wine to me and offer wine to me and pour out wine to me. Another part of the Bible says, don't drink wine. And another part of the Bible says, don't even look at wine. Don't look at wine at all. Say, wait, is God schizophrenic? God, can you make up your mind what do you want us to do? God is not schizophrenic because they're different words. Alright? So understand that. So when you say excess of wine is not a little bit, it's okay. It simply says the foolishness of wine, the unlawfulness of idolatry, all right? the um, uncontrolled behavior of riot, excess of riot, the uncontrolled behavior. All right? So that is what it means. So, so that is why we um, uh, have to be clear. So the Christian, well, you may used to drink a little bit of wine and all that. You have to know God says that's the old lifestyle. Now wine is foolish. Now, if you read Proverbs, God makes it clear, all right? Now, if, uh, before I go there, do you, um, all right, let's turn to Proverbs 23, right? Just to be clear. So Christians, you, this is what God says. This is the old lifestyle, Proverbs 23. Now let us um, let us um, read verses 29, 29 to 30, 32. Reading: Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? They that tarry long at wine, they that go to sick mixed wine. Look now thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its colour in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At last it biteth like a serpent, and stingeth like an adder. Now here God described what wine is. And this is not juices. Because here God says this, this kind of wine is like a serpent. Alright? Means it's poisonous. Now God here says, make it very clear. Don't look at wine when it is red, when it giveth its colour in the cup. You know what it means when it moveth itself aright? Means it is now turning alcoholic. When it moves in its cup, it's turning alcoholic. The alcohol fermentation has begun. God says, don't even look at it when it's fermenting. Alright? So here God says, don't look at even don't even look at alcoholic beverages. That is what God says. Now I say it stingeth. Like a serpent. Now that is why God says the foolishness of wine. Excess of wine means the foolishness, the bubbling over foolishness of wine, the silliness of wine, the unsafeness of wine. Because now alcoholic beverages will sting. Now those of you who follow some of this news, there are now medical reports that is conclusive. All right. So they conclusively, if you want the website, write to me. They have conclusively come to the conclusion. Sorry, I'm lacking English words. Right? They are concluded. They've concluded conclusively that the slightest drop of alcohol is detrimental to your health. Because they say the whole point of alcohol is this. Once you ingest alcohol, whatever amount, whatever amount, even you don't get so-called drunk, right? In your opinion, you're not drunk. Any amount the, for your body to, in, to digest the alcohol. What happens is this. When it's digesting the alcohol, which your body will have to digest it, it attacks your DNA. 
You know DNA? No, young as I know. Your the makeup of your cell, all right? Your, your cells, your your body cells, the DNA in the cells, it will damage your DNA. No matter what is the amount, as long as it is alcohol, it's conclusive now, all right? Proven. So once it damages your DNA, it's irrecoverable. That that part. And then what happens when DNA is 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 damaged? You know what happens, all right? Your body is confused. It will start to react differently, and that is, for example, cancer occurs. So they have conclusively also said the slightest amount of alcohol can cause women to have breast cancer, men to have all sorts of cancer. Right? So it's conclusive. Now, why does God say the silliness of wine, the foolishness of wine? Because God said it will sting like a serpent. God is the creator of mankind. He knows. And he says, don't drink. Because when it's fermented, alcohol does that. It stings you. It will damage you. That's why wine, when young unbelievers drink, they say, ah, oh, it's nice and all that. It's foolish. The excess of wine is the foolishness of drinking alcoholic beverages. That's one. Now, the other one is this, which I can't remember what I wanted to say. All right, so now then they studied and say, now they say, well, there's some studies that say, well, a little red wine is good for you and that kind of thing. And then when they go and look at the data, then they realize that those people that they surveyed, now they not only drink, but they have a very good lifestyle. So those that drink, participated and they drank, and like red wine and all that, they look at their lifestyle, they ate a lot of vegetables and they exercise a lot. That's why they seem to be healthy. Those the healthy part they didn't realize is attributed to many other factors of these people that they were sampling. So, but now medically, you can't fight the fact that alcohol damages your DNA, the smallest amount. Now, that is why if, I, I think like for example, um, um, Simeon, you used to work in a, in a mining sector, right? Now, those that are operating the heavy equipment, are they allowed, what is the alcohol level allowed in their bloodstream? 0.00? Yeah, 0.00. Do you know why? Because anything that is present, any alcohol present in you, no matter what amount, even the unbelievers acknowledge that you are no longer sober. Just a small amount will affect your judgment. That's why it's 0.00. If you're a bus driver, public bus driver, it's the same. So this whole thing about don't drink too much is okay. Do you know what is the definition of government, of employers when it comes to drunk? Zero point, anything, uh, anything above 0, 0.00, you are considered not safe. That is the world's definition. So when the Christians say, well, not excess of wine, as long as I drink, I don't feel drunk, I'm okay. It's a fallacy because the world does not accept that. You can tell them, boss, don't worry, I'm alright. I just had one cup. I'm perfectly fine. I can go and drive the thing. They say, if you make another step, we will lock you up. That is how unsafe it is, right? So please do not uh, misunderstand the scriptures, alright? So please watch the video anyway, alright? Um, now, next one. What about, now, back, revelings. What is revelings? Revelings. By the way, in Australia, it's, it's a wine country, right? It's so cheap. Everybody talks about wine. In fact, when I moved here, my colleagues said, so wow, you must be drinking wine a lot. I said, I don't drink at all, all my life. So what was wrong with you? It's so cheap there, you know? Um, and, and so on. So that is the will of the Gentile. God says there is now the will of God. Now, next one, revelings. What are revelings? What are revelings? Now, revelings um, refer to... 
Carousel. <laughs> you know Carousel, the shopping center. Oh, look at me. What? I cannot go to Carousel anymore. Now, it's, it's basically um, um, just, let me see what's the best word to use here. Just um, the, the idea of just having fun and fun and fun and fun, attending um, the nighttime um, parties and all that, revelings. Just, just unthinking, all right? Just amusement, that's all. Now, can you have fun? They say, no, you cannot play football, you cannot play badminton, you cannot play anything, you cannot have fun. All right, after fellowship, make sure no one laughs. Huh? I don't want to hear a single laughter. Is that what it is? No, that is not. Now, revelings means all you want is to have fun. Just have fun. Just be silly, you know, don't think about work, don't think about anything that is serious. Just be silly and have fun. That is what it is, alright? So, now, in a, and especially in those days, um, it, it refers to especially nighttime, nighttime kind of f activities, alright? They will go out to the street, they party in the streets at night, and, and so on, that kind of thing. Now, can you think of today? Alright, so now I'm moving to this side. Um, so from the back, some, some places that young people love to go and just, wow, they're just very addicted to the place. The what, sorry? Shopping centre and malls. Shopping centre and malls. Yeah, just mindless, alright? What do you think that? Just roaming around, roaming, alright? Don't want to do anything, don't want to do homework, don't want to do... Just, just after school, come, let's go. I want to do homework. Forget it, homework, what homework? Let's, right, so you just go out and just roam, roam the streets. Alright, roam the shopping centres, mindlessly. Shopping centres are not evil, alright? But it's just, just do nothing, alright, revelings. Now, what else can you think? They go there and they love to spend a lot of time there. Um, Jesse. North Bridge. <laughs> oh, oh, what's in North Bridge? Oh, um, um, right, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. North Bridge at night. <laughs> Alright, so I was warned when I first arrived in Perth. Don't go to North Bridge at night. Then I remember I attended a wedding, a church wedding. Someone married there. And I have to park very far away. When I was walking back to my car, I understand why. Alright, it was so dangerous. Uh, hurry up, hurry up. Um, I grab hold of Sharon really tightly and you know, just get out of the place. Drunk people there, or even not drunk, they're just sitting there looking at people, disturbing people, or just want to, want to frighten you. Um, just that kind of lifestyle, alright? Now, maybe some guys, you know, friends say, oh, let's go out at night, let's, let's just hang around and, and, and um, 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 disturb people, alright? That kind of thing. Yeah, so that is one kind of thing. That used to be our lifestyle. God says, no more, no more, alright? Don't hang out. Hang out with friends just to do all these kind of things. Where else? Nightclubs, right? Nightclubs, yeah. Um, for the adults, especially nightclubs, discotheques. Is discotheque popular? I don't know. All right? That, no, right? Okay, very popular back home for me. Um, um, dancing places, clubbing, uh, clubs, I'm sure, right? Clubs, clubbing, right? That kind of thing. So God is talking about this. So when the Christian is saved, then you realize that is the will of the Gentile. No more that lifestyle, alright? My lifestyle is now, God says, be holy for I am holy. I am separated from these things. Now, last one. Places. Many in, well, I noticed one big one in Fremantle. Arcade. Yes, gaming arcades. Gaming arcades. I don't know how popular it is here, right? Back home is very popular. 
in Singapore, I mean back home, in Singapore, very popular, gaming arcades. Just go there and just revel, alright? Game, 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 spend a lot of, waste a lot of money rather, I should say that. Um, that kind of lifestyle. So if that has been your lifestyle, God says, that is no more, that should no more be what I indulge in. Now I remember, maybe I ask you, um, I shared the gospel to a Christian, then he said, oh, I'm a Christian too. Alright, then he says, well, um, I said, but you know, I, from what I know of you and you're famous for going to nightclubs, go um, pubbing, go to pubs and all that, discotheques and all that. I say, well, you know, you go to these places. I say, the Bible says that the Christian should no longer have that lifestyle. Now he says this, well, if I want to share the gospel, then I must be like these people. All right? I must live like them, I must be like them, then they will talk to me, then I can share the gospel. Now, what do you think of that, Caleb? You know, I asked Caleb already, you know, Matthew, what do you think of that? Your friend said, Matthew, we got to go writing on the streets, all right? And then you say, yes, I must put tattoos on me and be like them and go beat up some people and then say, now I'm part of you. Then I can share the gospel to you. What do you think of that? Do you think it makes sense? No, why? But you become buddies with them, you know? Then you can preach the gospel to them. Because sometimes you get too used to their ways and you go back to your old lifestyle. Is it? If you get if you share the gospel to them and then oh you forget you forget to share the gospel to them because you're having so much fun with them. Uh, okay, well that's one reason. Um, but but the simple reason is God says, well look at verse three. This is the will of the Gentiles, revelings. God says, no longer do that will. Alright? So, God says, no more. Now, also think of this. If you share the gospel, don't live this kind of... Well, you, the person say, I want to believe in Jesus. Then after that, you tell the person, well, you shouldn't have this lifestyle. What is the person going to say? But you have it as well, right? So, God says, have nothing to do with this lifestyle anymore. You share the gospel, but you don't have to go reveling with them. Okay? Now, so back to here. Now, what about banquetings? We are going to have church, family, um, um, uh, what do you call that? Our anniversary dinner. All right? The restaurant call it a banquet. All right? A banquet. So, Bible says no banqueting. Oh, no. BPCW have been sinning all these years. We have banquets every year. What do you think it is about? All right, no time. Now, banquetings. Now, it simply means your main interest is eating and drinking and just, just these kind of things, banquetings. From one, one, one dinner to another dinner, all you think about, where's the nicest restaurant? Where's the next news restaurant? Where it's always about food and drinks. That is all. That is all. Now, it's eating and drinking wrong. Okay, you know, don't drink. Don't drink, you know. Don't drink because you're banqueting. <laughs> right? It's eating or drinking wrong. Right? No, we need to eat. We need to drink. Like he's so thirsty now, he said, I got to drink some water. Eating and drinking, having a banquet is not wrong. Now, this banqueting now refers to remember the word hedonism? We studied in prayer meeting. Hedonism. Alright? It's all about pleasing the flesh. Pleasure. That is all. The pleasure of eating. You know, in those days, for them, for them, right? So revelings, they will go out at night and party and that kind of thing. Um, so it's not just today; <laughs> they they do it then as well. Now, um, yeah, male and now actually these revelings also describes they go to people houses 
and male and female partying together um, and um, sleeping together. All right, so part of that kind of thing. So very common today. Young people they go out and then they just oh, they just bunk together and then they sleep together, male female, and then rapes happen. All right, that's why God says these are lifestyle of the of the unbelievers. These are the problems. Now, now so so banquetings. Hedonism, that is what we are talking about. Now, so, it, well, I know that, um, actually just nice, I'm moving, well, to, to maybe Isaac first. Isaac, Isaac, can you think of some, some problems that Christians can fall into in this, this obsession with food? <laughs> okay, they get so attracted to food, they forget to study God's Word. <laughs> And they're not interested in studying God's word. I think that's what you mean, right? Hey, tonight my friends say, we are, my, my unbelieving friends, you know the, the newest restaurant opened. Hey, guys, I got a booking for the table. You know, it's how difficult it is to, to go to this restaurant. It's new. It's a super long queue and I got a booking. Isaac, come, let's go tonight. It's Friday night. It's Bible study night. And then if Isaac remembers, banquet things. Just thinking about eating and not thinking about God's word. No, now it's the will of God. I go to church to study God's word, all right? to fellowship with God's people, and so on. So that is, God says, that is your lifestyle in the past. All you care about is eat and drink. Epicurean lifestyle, that's another word. Epicurean lifestyle is one that is just all about, well, um, the good life. The good life. Right? Eating very expensive food. You know, people eat extremely expensive food, gold-coated food. Now, in those days, how is banqueting like? i give you an example. So what I read up was this. They eat. So the banquet things for them is they, they love to eat. So they will eat a big feast and then they eat. And then after that, they want to eat some more, right? You know, what do they do? <laughs> they stick their finger in their mouth and agitate their tongue and then they throw up. Right? They stick something in their mouth and then they throw up. Right? Every girl look very stressed. <laughs> then they throw up. So they, they throw up because they want to empty their stomach. Then after they empty their stomach, they eat again. And then they keep doing that. Because they like the taste of food. I love the taste of whatever it is, alright? But I'm full already. But I want that taste still. So I need to empty my stomach. So now this is the peop- these are the things they do. So that, that's why Peter has to bring this up. The lifestyle of Gentile, they, all they think about is just eating the taste of food. The taste of food. Is it wrong to enjoy tasting, f- enjoy food? No. Right? God gave us taste buds. If not, God will not give us any taste buds. So, enjoying food to know the, the goodness of God. But enjoying food must not become our, our pursuit, our pleasure in life. That you would say that, um, um, that that's all you care about. Right? So, you know, every time we go to Bull Creek Hawker Centre. Is it Bull Creek? What is it? We just went on Sunday. Spencer Village. Spencer Village, all right, before I go there. And every time I go there, I eat the same thing, all right? Fried Hokkien, Singapore fried Hokkien noodles. All right, am I sinful? Right? We don't, we don't live to eat. Now, there is a phrase that people say. Maybe I'll ask this. Um, Gracia, do you live to eat or do you eat to live? <laughs> Very fast. I eat to live. Eating is just to help us live. Yes, there's pleasure in it, and that's it. But some people, but they, these are they live to eat. The reason why they want to live is because they want to keep eating. 
Right? Some people, you know, when they're old and then they're, they're, they're sick and then they're, they're very sad, then you visit them, they're crying, you say, why, why do you feel so sad? I feel very sad because I cannot eat the things that I love anymore. Right? Or some people, as they grow old, I'm very worried because I can't eat the things that I like anymore. I can't go to the places I can't go, I go to anymore. So they feel very sad. Right? So they don't have God in their lives. That is why it's like that. Alright, so now next one. So I, I'm just giving you examples, but you need to think about your own life. Okay, now some of you are going to come out and work. Alright, sooner or later you finish university, you're going to come out and work. You are going to meet Gentiles. Alright, meaning to say the word referring to unbelievers. Now God says this is their life. So you're going to live in an environment where they will keep talking to you about these things. Then the Christian must realize, I must not fall back into my old lifestyle. That is the point, alright? Understand that. Now, um, what is the next word? Um, then, abominable idolatries. Alright, the last one, abominable idolatry. So please remember, please remember, it is, there is no such thing as excess, too much wine, just like there is no such thing as only bad kind of idolatries. All idolatries are unlawful. All wine is excess, means foolish, all right? Um, dangerous, that is what it means. Now, then we come to abominable idolatries. Can you think of some? All right, now, idolatries. Okay, maybe this is a test. Now, oh, Tanya, maybe you attended some of the Bible study. What, what has become our idol? When we say something has become our idol, there are seven things we can use to check. Is this an idol to me? Do you remember studying that with me? No. Okay, so now do Christians have idols? He said, Pastor, come on, we are Christians. We don't have idols in our house, in our houses. We don't worship and bow down and burn incense to idols. All right? We worship the living God. Right? We have no idols. Now, well, that's true. But now they even, the Greek then, remember when they worship idols, all right, it is not just about the idols. It is things that they crave, they lust after, and they want these idols to give to them. All right? That's why they worship these idols. Okay? Understand that. So besides the fact that they are false gods, and they, they also lust. Now, Phoebe, do you remember the seven things I taught? One of the things, seven ways we can know has something become my idol. Something that I? No. Alright, we are running out of time. Last one. Say again? I? Okay. Marcin? Very good. Something that I think about all the time, more than God. That thing has become my idol. Very good. Something that I think about more than God. Now, do you think about your studies more than God? In a sense, you do, because how many hours studying? How many hours do you have left to read the Bible? Now, this thing means it's something that you, you love, you're obsessed with. All right? Your mind keeps going too. Naturally, your mind goes there, all right? rather than God. Now, if, if God is your God, then even during studying time, you will say, Oh, I wish I can, I can go for fellowship already and study God's Word. When you're working, I wish finish, job will finish quickly so that I can go to church. All right? You think about more than God. Now, so thinking. So try to remember this. Huh? Think something that you think about more than God. Something that you talk about more than God. You're obsessed with it, so you keep talking about it. Your track shoe, your track shoe, your track shoe. Or your music, your music, your music. Or your job, your job, your job. All right? You just, you just every time you just talk about that thing. You just love to talk about that. You know that thing has become your idol. 
that you talk about a lot. Something that you so stay at your head, uh, you think about a lot, you, you talk about a lot and it's still with the mouth. You thirst after. You thirst after. Not only thought you lust after, you long to have it. You thirst after it. All right? I can't wait to finish Bible study tonight because I want to go back and whatever it is play my computer game or this, I'm thirsting after that. I'd rather be doing this than to go to church to worship God. Now you're thirsting after that. You long after that. You lust after that. Something that you um, thirst after more than God. Then it comes to your heart. Alright? Your heart. Alright? Something that you, you tremble at more than God. You tremble at your heart. You're more afraid of than God. Alright? I'm afraid that I don't get all A's. But I'm not afraid of sinning against God. I will copy, I will cheat in my exams in order to get all A's. Right? I'm afraid of not getting all A's. But I'm not afraid of sinning against God. I'm afraid of losing my job. But I'm not afraid of sinning against God. I'm afraid of, well, I would, well, I would cheat, I would lie if the boss asked me to. But I don't care if I sin against God, so that I can keep my job. Alright, something that you, you tremble at. Then your heart again, something that you trust in more than God. You trust in more than God. God, you know, if, if, I, don't, if I don't have money, a lot of money, I can't survive. Now, I'm not saying money is evil, money is sinful. Alright, it's the love of money. So God, I cannot, I cannot. Right? I, I, will, I will skip church to make more money because I need money. You don't trust that God can provide for you. Right? So now that has become your idol. You trust in more than God. Now then, you treasure more than God. So your heart, you tremble, you trust and you treasure more than God. You can treasure your, well, in the future, you have um, a wife or boyfriend or girlfriend when you're grown up. Or you treasure more your children more than God. You treasure now your studies more than God. Your friendships of the unbelieving world more than God. You treasure many things. You treasure your, your music uh, more than God. Then you know that thing has become your idol. Your idol. Then finally the last T is it has taken over the throne in your heart. Alright? The throne where God should sit. Now you love. Alright, you openly give that throne, that place to this thing, this person, this pursuit in your life. I would rather have this thing, this person, this pursuit in my life than to obey God completely. Then you know that has become your idol. Now remember, abominable idol, abominable means unlawful. Everything that is an idol to you is unlawful in your life. Remember that. Alright, so that is an example of abominable idolatries. Alright, so now the last five minutes, we answer this and then we are done. Um, now the second part of the question is, now what must I remember? What, are, what must I remember then? Now when we understand all this, what must I remember? Maybe I try. Um, next person is here, Elisha. Now you know all these things. God says all these things are the old life. Then after Elisha gets saved, what does God want you to remember? Try one thing. Okay, she's going to panic. <laughs> Abigail. No. You're thinking. 
Alright, very good. I must remember I'm not supposed to have these things in my life anymore. Because if you look, look at verse 3. The time past our life may suffice us. And then verse 2 says, Now, don't do the will of the flesh, do the will of God. I'm, I must no longer have these things in my life. Now, one of the things that I think is important then... Now, you used to experience these things. Alright, look up here. You used to experience these things. So as I go through them, maybe you can relate. Yes, that was my old life. And those are the things that I still have in my life. Or maybe some of you say, well, especially this group, I've not experienced it yet. So many of you, I know you look a bit bored tonight. All those things, I have no clue. I've not experienced, I've not seen. Now, but as you grow, or as you are in that life, or as you enter into the workforce, for example. Now, sometimes the Christian may think like that. God, can I just experience a little bit of that? God, can I have a bit of that in my life? A little bit of this, a little bit of that. One day, one day I will, one day I will give up these things and then I will follow you and be holy. Alright? Now, look at, look at chapter 4. Now, God simply says, this is your past life. This is your past life. Look at verse 2. He says, now please, do the will of God. Now, don't think, don't ever think, right, young people, many Christians fall, many Christians fall. God, can I just have this relationship when you know it is not a biblical relationship, right? It can be with an unbeliever at, at work or so on. Can I just have this? Later on, I will obey you. Once you fall into some of these things, sometimes it's the end, right? You cannot back out, you have, or you, you will fall into certain sins that you will regret, right? So some of these sins... They are very, very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. Alright? So the Christians, God says, Now, just do the will of God. That is your old life. Your friends may have this life. Don't even think about this. Don't even think about this. Alright? So this is what I hope that we learn. These words. I hope you can think of some of your own examples in your own life. Are these always right, still tempting to me? Now, the next time we come back, God willing, um, we will... We will continue in the rest of the verses. Now, let us all turn to God in prayer.